welcome to Should I Just Quit My Job? I'm your host, Maricela Herrera. And I just got back from three weeks back home in El Salvador. So I'm just getting back to New York City. Um, flew in late last night and trying to bring myself to do something after three weeks of being basically on pause, if you will. It's not that I didn't do anything while I was home. I was very busy. I was spending a lot of time with my nephew and with my family. But I took a pause from from work. I took a pause from thinking, or at least I tried to take a pause from thinking about the podcast, the writing, the work, whatever I'm going to do with my life and the job I need to find and in all honesty, I, I didn't succeed, right? That's why I say I tried to stop thinking because it's impossible not to. Especially when I was with my family and people who I've not seen in a few months and they're all, well, what are you going to do now? Or so what's your plan for 2024? This time of year just comes with a, I think, a big expectation that everyone wants to start that slate clean. And I don't know. I don't know if they have it in me right now. Uh, that's a topic for a, a whole topic for a mini-sode, I think, which just made me think I might do one. But in the meantime, I am back. I wanted to release this episode last year as the last one of the year because I thought it was an extremely powerful. It was super helpful for me this person, Tiersa Barnes, who you're going to hear from, she is so grounded in who she is and so unapologetically herself that it made me want to soak up all of that energy. It made me want to find myself in a place like that. And she's really great because she asks me questions as well. And so I get to do some introspecting during the episode, which ends with me crying. But, you know, what are we going to do? Today, you'll hear from Tiersa Barnes. She's the CEO of Tiersa Motivates. She is an expert on people development, employee training, and leadership development. She has her company works with individuals and corporations and nonprofits. In fact, she was in the nonprofit space for a long time before going off on her own to build programs and coaching and workshops and helping people build their skills, but also be better versions of themselves. I really loved talking to her. It was just so much fun, but also so rewarding. And I don't know. Take a listen. You'll you'll understand what I what I mean when you when you hear this episode. Thank you everyone for sticking with me, for coming back in 2024 and listening to this show. I promise I will continue to try and make this valuable for you. I know it's valuable for me to do this, which is why I will continue to bring these episodes to you every week. 2024 is going to be a great year. I know it. It has to. <laughs> so 
all the best to you in this new year. Sending you all a big hug. Tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your background. I'm a pretty dynamic woman. Let's start there. <laughs> and I don't say that in a superficial way, but I'm at a point in my life where I love myself. I love uh, who I am from the inside out. And I have done much work and continue to do work to continue to fall in love with myself. And um, that's number one, because I think that's really important to be well, right? Like if we could just have a conversation on that, you know, I'm well, I'm well in my mind, I'm well in my spirit, I'm in touch with my soul. And it's an ever long journey that I am dedicated to. So that's number one. Number two, I'm a mom. I have two amazing children who's 14 and 10, boy and girl. So I'm completely done. A woman who's going through a divorce. Yes, experiencing that. And um, that has paved the way for me to discover who I am authentically and to fall in love with my authentic self. And so though it's it's uh, what people would see as something that's um, devastating and tragic, but there's always good in every experience that we have. And um, much good has come out of that experience happy in love <laughs> have a business that i'm really proud of and i'm um, running and um building and have so much vision for and i'm so excited about i have a passion about it and oh it feels good it feels good i have a great circle of people who love me and support me i love my environment my home so these are the things that matter to me that give me life every day i get to wake up in my home and environment and not rush to an office space and my space and meditate and find my peace and enjoy the beauty in my home. I'm, I love life. Okay. I love life. <laughs> Honestly, just with that answer, I have so many things I want to ask <laughs> because it's so rare. I think when we're really like talking truthfully, mm -hmm. it's so rare, particularly for women to say something like, I love myself. Mm. Like, we've been shown and taught to like, be smaller in a way yeah and it's so amazing and honestly strong and awesome to hear someone just say it and know that you're saying that like truthfully because I can tell you're saying that mm -hmm. truthfully and it's 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 lovely so thank you for that well let me tell you it's old school to not be in that space Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've been trained and we've been programmed and socialized to play it small. But then it's time for you to realize and question, well, who taught me that? Is that really true? And what limiting beliefs are connected to that? And then you start to break free and shed those layers. So it's old school to actually not be doing work to discover who you really are and to find a place of wellness and peace and oneness with yourself and be able to be like, I'm good. This is who I am. I show up this way love me i'm not they, they usually say love me or leave me alone but when you love yourself people don't want to leave you alone they want to be around you they want to be in your energy field they want to feel your vibration they want to know what are you doing because they want some of it <laughs> so this is the way to live now this is the way to be and any grown-ass woman should be on this journey this is the journey we have to be on and that's the work that i do every day <laughs> So tell me a little bit about that because I'm, and I say it, I'm on a constant journey to understand who the mm -hmm. hell I am and what I mm -hmm. want. And especially this last year, but doing 
quote unquote, the work is really rough and it can mean so many things. So tell me a little bit about how, how did you even get started to thinking like, you know, let me, let me do some of this, of this. Yeah, absolutely. And let me just say something. When I said the work that I do, I was referencing helping in, in professionals do this type of work. But it always begins with me. If I'm not doing the work, how can I bring this experience and invite other people to be on this journey with me? So I've always been in this space since my 20s. Um, I suffered from low self-esteem. I thought that the Oprah Winfrey's of the world were the special people. There were unique people who was as successful as Oprah, who had the platform as Oprah and could have that kind of life. And then I suddenly began to ask, is this for my life? I began to ask, is this all that life is? So I did what I was supposed to do. I went to school, went to work. You know, I had all these different experiences as a young woman. And I was often told how attractive I was. There was a lot of attention on the outside of how I looked, but there was an emptiness on the inside of me. So a lot of my foundation was based on an external factor or value. There was a lot of value put on the external, but there was something that I noticed was missing. What was happening with me on the inside? I was often feeling lonely. Like I said, low self-esteem, low confidence. And I I didn't like the feeling. I wanted more. So I decided to go on a self-help journey. That's where it began in my early 20s after having dating experiences, after, you know, being a girl who partied and had fun and And I had all these nice superficial things happening around me. I was in the right crowd. I hung out in the entertainment industry. I had all these things happening, the right group of friends, you know, who were popular. But there was something in me that was looking for more. And I began to get on a path to find what it was. And so I read every self-help book. I watched every video. I mean, I would have a library of books. Um, I listened to everyone from Tony Robbins to to Zig Ziglar. I mean, everybody who was big many, many years ago. I was so hungry and curious. The first book that really hit me, I mean, many of them have, but the one that I always remember was a book by Lee Miller. I believe that was her name. And the book book was titled Sex Success is an Inside Job. Mm. Success is an inside job. Not external, not the car we drive, not the job we have, not the house we live in, you know, not the person we're dating, not how well our children are doing. It's inside. And so that began the path for me and it never stopped. And then suddenly I developed a passion for wanting to teach and speak and do this work in different platforms. And that's a story within itself in terms of how I developed my career but it, this, is, this, is, this has always been a personal journey. So as I do this work now as a trainer, facilitator, teacher, coach, it always is rooted in my own experience as someone who is doing the work. I always say I am my first client. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am my first client. It's interesting to hear how you, what you, how you phrased, you know, that there was a lot of emphasis put on the way you looked or like your external stuff. And then so you knew you had something else that you wanted to work on because you felt that that emptiness. And so many of us feel that in some some way or another for 
different reasons. Like for me, it was everyone just thought you were so smart. Like it was the smart. But it wasn't the like funny or pretty or anything else. It was just Mm -hmm. the smart kid. And I put so much of my identity into that when I was younger that then I kind of developed in other ways, but it took me forever. And geez, it's so sad because we are so many, like we're so well-rounded humans that have so many different interesting things in our lives that we don't show or we don't focus on because there's one or two things on the external world that are the ones that matter which it's a it's a mind shift yeah it's mind shift life is a mind shift how about that how about that the work because you said everyone we must do the work here's the work here's the work shift your mindset everything that you've come to believe about life Start questioning it if it no longer serves you. If you are challenged in certain areas, ask yourself, does this still serve me? Right? So there are many beliefs that we have grown up with, right? There's many beliefs. If you find yourself struggling with a particular belief, like you must work a nine to five mm-hmm. to be successful, that is a belief system that w- that has been ingrained in us that's in order for us to have a comfortable life, we must work and we must work for others. Most of us have been trained that way. My gra- Every time I was ready to change my job and, and my career, my grandmother would say, but why? Why, honey? Why? She's so gentle. Why, honey? Why? What is it? Just, just stay on the job. Why? Because that's what she did for 40 years. And her belief system was get a job and you'll be fine. When I changed my jobs two and three times to follow my dreams, it was, it, was, it was nerving for her because it was outside of the box that we had been put into. I'm about living a life outside the box. In order to live life outside the box, you have to shift your mindset anywhere where you feel challenged. What did you say to your grandmother when she would say that? I'm curious. <laughs> I try to explain, and I didn't understand it. I didn't understand it then. But I knew I had to do what was best for me, and my grandmother couldn't persuade me to do anything other than what I thought was best for me, even though I wasn't as conscious as I am now. I always knew I must follow what is best for me. Now, back then, I listened to a lot of opinions. Mm -hmm. Now, I am the opinion. I love it. I value other people's opinions, my trusted fellow friends and family, but I'm not, I'm not running to people the way I used to then because I've learned to trust myself. But so back then I would try to persuade my grandmother and hear her out and even take her feedback in. Um, but I often went after what, was, what I felt was best for me. And that was a great starting ground for where I am today. Changing your mindset though is so hard. We can say you have to change your mindset or you have to shift your mind, like what we were saying now. But I always follow that with like, but how? Like It's such a massive thing to change. Yes. There's work inside the work. (laughs) (laughs) Practice is important. Understanding historically why we have our mindset is the first step. And understanding that we have permission to change 
any belief system that has been imparted on us, it, like understanding that it's okay is the first step. So when you talk about the how, the first step I would say is understanding that you can change a belief system um, in a way that better serves you. You have permission, second step, you need to know, you have permission to do something that's different from what you have been taught. We've been taught from our family, We've been taught um, culturally. We've been taught taught by the media. We've been taught by the school system, the institutions, about how to be a certain way, what we can do and what we can't do. But then it comes a point where you have to be the leader of your own life mm. and decide what is best for me where I'm at today. And that will ruffle fe feathers. So the other how, number three, this is not in quite particular order, but... Another one is to not be concerned about what other people say or think about you. When you decide to step outside of the box you've been put in. I have stepped out the box over the last couple of years quite a bit and everybody had to get on board, all right? And if you did not get on board, then we could not be in relationship the way we have been because this is my life. And every time you try to talk me out of it, I'm going to remind you, you're compromising our relationship because this is my life. Oh, that's something I'm trying to learn very much so. Or I, I think I've tried, I've learned that more. I think my lately, it's 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 my own self getting in my own way. We do that. Which is a whole different. We do that. We, we yeah. are, we could be our number one enemy, most certainly. So talk to me about, the career changes and uh and what i was writing down was the fact that you said i've stepped outside the box a few times in the last few years because so i want to know about that aspect it feels like that's not just career focused it's like several things oh, yeah oh yeah all the all the things but let's start with career so you said you have switched careers you know you mentioned your grandmother and when you wanted to leave your jobs being like but why and I'm on your, I'm a little bit of your grandmother's uh, ilk, I think, because I'm, I'm a person that stays. I've worked at two places my whole life. How did you start your career and what were those big changes that led you to now have your own business? Well, let me, let me just say this, because I instantly thought, well, why, why did I change? Like you mm -hmm. said, you, you did two changes. Why did I make the multiple changes that I have? because I was always being called for more, period. I was always being called for more. I always had a, a strategy. I've always been ambitious. I, 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 I'm driven, I like success. I have dreams, I have goals, always there. And though I'm much more in tune with myself now at this point in my life, I was in tune with myself then too to know when it was time to make a change, to make a shift. Whether it was something happening in the environment that I was in, whether I was outgrowing the position, whether I always had a North Star, or where I'm at right now has always been my has always been my dream. I was actually meditating on this just yesterday, or maybe this morning. I'm exactly where I wanted to be. Not a period, because that led me to where, where else do I want to go? Where else, how else do I want to take my business? But 
I've dreamt this life that I live for 20 years. You always knew you wanted to to have your own thing. Always. And I always did my thing while I was on a nine-five. I was always an entrepreneur. I always had multiple streams of income doing what I'm doing. I've been building my brand as an entrepreneur for many years while working a nine to five. Yes. Yeah. Which makes sense because your background and to give our audience a little context, you worked at the nonprofit in the nonprofit space for a long time. And within the nonprofit space, you worked in training and development. Yes, correct. So correct. now you brought that all of that skills to your to what you do now, which is Tears of Motivate. Yes, yes, exactly. Where I provide leadership consultant, employee training and development, and um, technical assistance to nonprofit organizations and foundations. Um, and then I also do personal development coaching for women, where I have a program where women go through titled More of Me, Embrace Your Divinity, Turn Setbacks into Comebacks, and Create the Life You Love. And so my, my work is a hybrid of services where I am providing coaching, training, and developing people. We are the source of people development. That's what my business is about. Yes. Mm -hmm. So were you doing coaching while you were working the nine to five? Yes, 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 I was. So remember, don't forget, I started on this journey to heal myself through self-help. And then from my own experience, which is how our careers often evolve for many of us, we have a passion and we take that to others. And so that's exactly how it happened for me. My passion to help myself and this interest and this evolving growth of learning about human beings and how we think and how we become more of ourselves um, led me to find work where I was serving people. It was all divine order. It was all divine order. How my, the first job that set the pace for me in nonprofit, it all aligned perfectly. And so when we talk about careers, you know, if you allow things to work for you, when you sit back and you just put out there what you want, everything falls into place, you know. It really does. If, if you don't fight against yourself, mm. the point that you said, <laughs> if you trust yourself, if you put it out there and you have intention, it will find you and you will find it. I needed to hear that. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so you were your first client. And at that point, were you already, so you were already working in a nonprofit? No, no. I mean, I'm talking early 20s. I was still around. very young. Yeah. But late 20s, I ended up at a job as an administrative assistant. You know, I need to get my life together. Uh -huh. I found a job as an administrative assistant in a nonprofit uh, program. And that's where it started. And, and guess here's the beautiful thing. My supervisor saw something within me and she said, I want to put you in the classroom. That's where it all began. That's how my training career developed. So I was an administrative assistant working in the classroom, did a couple of workshops with the, the members and participants of the program. And then I went back to school to get my degree at corporate, um, my degree in corporate communications at uh, Baruch College in Manhattan. And the rest is history. You know, that's where it all began. And then after being on that job from an administrative assistant, getting promoted to a career coach, workshop facilitator. I got promoted. And then after probably seven years, it was time to go. I knew it. I outgrew that place. And then it was time for the next thing. The next thing was a pivotal point for me. That's where I worked at Workforce Professionals Training Institute, WPTI. 
I was there, I was definitely there for seven years, pregnant with two children, training and developing with a big old belly twice. <laughs> but it set the tone for where I'm at today because a lot of my relationships came from being at WPTI. My reputation developed as a solid professional development trainer, you know, and it launched things for me. And then I moved on to the Grace Institute where I had the opportunity to work with women directly and really get into that woman empowerment piece. Look at what I'm doing now. It's a lot of it is women empowerment. And then I went to Goodwill, New York, New Jersey. Um, and so in, in these positions too, I held senior positions, director of training and development positions. All of them were wonderful. And so how did I end up here? where I'm on my own for now almost five years, while I was at Goodwill, New York, New Jersey, COVID hit. Oh. Um, yes, yes. And but, but let me say this, COVID hit, but about six months maybe um, prior to COVID, I remember being in my office and feeling so proud that I had my own office and my own team. And my spirit said to me, don't get comfortable here. Uh, don't get comfortable. And what I heard was this place is small for you. Now, it seemed like it was like a vision around the size of the office space because it wasn't a big office. It was a small office, but it was my office. <laughs> right. Something I was proud about. But my truth was saying the divine essence was saying, don't get comfortable. This is small. And I always knew I wasn't small. Mm, I feel emotional when I say that. I'm getting close. Just hearing you. I could receive it when I heard it. What I, the vision, I, I always looked at Oprah like, I, I'm going to be the next Oprah. That's what I always said. So I got it. Like, I was like, okay. Nevertheless, I decided at some point, I'm going to go certify my business while being at Goodwill, New York, New Jersey. So I was putting pieces in place. I was being led and guided while still holding my job down. I was like, I got to get back to what my North Star is. I got to get back. I knew I was doing this work, but I was being, that inner thing was always calling me to, to, to do what I do with Tears of Motivate, to empower people in a different way and to be an entrepreneur. I was always being called that way, even though I had these jobs. Mm -hmm. And I love these jobs. These jobs trained me. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, you even discovered what you loved through that job, through that promotion. Right. Through the multiple. Remember? Right. I, last, right. There were mo it was a path over 14, 15, 20 years of this journey of me getting where I'm at. This is not an overnight Right. <laughs> this is this is and I and I really enjoyed my work and I enjoyed my relationships and I enjoyed training and development um so then COVID hit and then I got that 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 pink slip thank you but no thank you so when I told people they would say oh my god I'm so I never felt sad I never grieved I never felt like, how am I going to do this? I was on fire. I was like, this is my time. I'm ready. I'm jumping in. I'm doing this business thing. See, this is so interesting to me. I always ask people about grief when we're talking about, about changes. And to hear you say, like, I didn't grieve, I would 
attributed so much to some of the things you've said before. Like there was something inside you that was already saying almost like this is whatever universe divide, like whatever you want to call it, pushing you to what was next. And sometimes it takes us forever to realize that. Yeah, because sometimes we put all our eggs in one basket and we're not being true to ourselves about what we really want. You know, I'd be curious to know how long were you in this inner turmoil turmoil about leaving your job? How long was it for you? Ooh, I haven't said this in the podcast, but um, I actually quit a year before I actually quit. Like I, I physic, I, I told my supervisor, the CEO at that point, who we both know, I'm leaving in the next nine months. And to make that decision, it was it probably took me like two years before that to even say that. And then I said that, and things happened, and I ended up staying another year, mm-hmm. taking on a different role, the CEO role, because that person who I had given my notice for left. Um, and it was one of those moments where you you know you'll always ask yourself what would have happened if I had said yes to this new this other thing. But I knew I was I knew there was something else. Like I knew I was ready. Mm-hmm. And it took me, yeah, I would say maybe like two to three years. Yeah. So two years, three years is, is not a um short time when you're feeling like I've outgrown this place. Mm-hmm. That I'm no longer satisfied. Think about a relationship, being in a relationship two to three years longer than you know you should be. What does that do to you? Yeah. Unless you are having a strategy, an exit strategy that's going to position you to jump right into what you love to do and what you want to do. You're you're saying, I'm going to be still so I can get clear on what's next for me. But two to three years could be a really long time. And that does something to your wellness, your well-being. Oh, fully. Yeah. So all my... My all my eggs weren't in the last job's basket. I was being guided. So oftentimes, when you when you felt two years ago prior to leaving that it was time, you were being guided at that moment. And you know, if I was interviewing, I would ask you all these questions. You know, what 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 came up for you? Why didn't you say I'm going to get out of here sooner than later? You know, like what, what was there fear? What was happening? Did you trust yourself? You know, what was coming all because all of that stuff comes up. All of that stuff come up. But remember what I said. I had my eye on my North Star. I knew you knew what you wanted. I knew I I wasn't small. I knew I had dreams. And here's the question with grandma. Go back to grandma. If I didn't move forward when I was called for more, I would have felt like I was dying inside. Because I knew when it was time to leave a job and I knew the feeling of feeling less than because I knew it was no longer for me. I could not allow myself to stay in that place of feeling less than because I didn't have purpose. I remember being on one job and being in the shower crying because I knew I had to get out of there. It was no longer, it it came to the point where I no longer enjoyed getting up in the morning and going to work. And I remember being in the shower like, oh God, please position me to get out of here. For me, I can't live like that too long. Some of us will sit with that unwell feeling. (laughs) I ain't doing it. (laughs) I think it's like relationships. Like you mentioned relationships and I think it's the same thing. Like why do people stay in unhealthy relationships? And 
jobs are relationships. I usually joke like, you know, my last job was the longest relationship I've had. I mean, I was at that place for 11 years. Like mm. nothing else has lasted that long in my life. Mm. Maybe just my anxiety. But besides that, nothing else. So I would stay because there was all these feelings, like you were saying, but there were also all these joys. So it was a very spiky life situation. Like I would be like, I love the things I'm doing. I love the people I'm working with. Mm -hmm. And yet I also feel really shitty on other things. So it would be, it is very complicated, as I will say most relationships are. Yeah. Change is never easy. Because yeah. change means that we are going to turn our lives upside down and inside out. Mm -hmm. It requires high risk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as I say that, I laugh. I've made so many changes in the last. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess I am a high risk person. Because I've, I've made a lot of changes. One recent change, my eating. I, I was recently found out that I've had some health challenges and I had to do a complete diet change. I'm 90% um, plant-based vegan now. I mean, I was that girl who typically was always slim and ate anything that she wanted when she wanted. <laughs> All right. And, 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 and that alone within the last year, huge change. But I guess, you know, I guess I'm a high risk taker. I do what I have to do. When I put my mind to something, I do it. Well, and I would say that's also because you've done the work for so long mm. like you've gotten comfortable with trusting and with knowing yes yes like knowing i'm not even gonna say trusting because trusting is but knowing there's you like this you got thank you for summarizing that for me yes i trust myself there's a knowing in me and that yeah. does not mean that i don't go through the emotions right that i don't have fears that i may not have moments of self-doubt but I, I know how to snap back. That's why in my course, I talk about turn setbacks into comebacks. Ooh, I like that. Yes. I'm not, I'm not hanging out in the depression. I'm down state for too long. I got to come out of that and, and get back in touch with my power. But I want to acknowledge that there have been moments where I'm like, will I get out of this? How will I survive this? I can't do this. My ego taking control. And it's all of that. Um, but thank God I have good people around me, conscious people, um, you know, a partner who is, is, is supportive and is conscious. And when I can't see clearly, having people around me who can help me see clearly, you know, very important, very important when you're making a shift in your life. And like you said before, you've stepped out of the box a few times in the last few years. Can you tell me a little bit more like plant eating wise was one now that you've fully embraced your career since I would say COVID, like your full-time you. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So the, the job saying I'm not going to go back to a nine to five and let's just talk about that for a moment. It's so big. It, it, it took a minute for me to believe that I won't have to go back to a nine to five. <laughs> no, no, that's something I'm struggling with a, a yeah. lot because I keep being like, I don't, I'll be honest. I don't know. I don't know if I want to work for anyone else ever again. Like, yeah. really, like that's how, that's how, that's where I'm at. Yeah. And yet the like fear I feel of like, how am I going to make money? Like, 
how am I going to eat? Like, you know, all these things of like, so I want to tell you something real quick because I had to address it very recently. I have, I, I feel like I live a very abundant life. I attract beautiful things to me. Opportunities come to me unexpectedly. And when I first started and stepped out on my business, I mean, I got gigs that I don't even know. I don't even know how they came. It was divine order. Okay. But Something that I recently realized I'm still working through and had to identify as a limiting belief is that I have to work to make money. Okay. Tell me more. <laughs> I want you to write that down. You said, how am I going to pay the bills? How am right. I going to survive? Who says you have to work to make money? This world is abundant. You just got to get in the mindset of abundance. That's oh. hard. That's a big one. That's so hard. <laughs> you like, gotta, it's like, and my... I see it all the time. I see checks be coming left and right. Somebody sent me a 500 gift card, $5 gift card the other day. I'm like, I'm like, see, this is a, like, it comes. But my I mean, my former finance brain is going like the math doesn't oh, add up, you know. <laughs> I mean, oh God, forget it, <laughs> forget it. You know, it's going to work with you. Put this aside for a moment, and I believe in sitting still and intentionally creating with what I want, creating the life I want. And so I met, I meditate on what I want. Mm -hmm. I meditate on it. I want an extra $50,000 to come in just for me to do what I want to do when I want to do it for the holidays or whatever it might be. And I've seen different things come in. I had four different things come in and I'm just writing it down to see how it's all going to work. 19,000 here. This is, oh, that's happening. I you know, two things you've just said that I think are big. One is you asked for it. Mm -hmm. And B, you were writing it down. You were acknowledging the things that are coming oh, yeah. to you. And like, you know, kind of like seeing it because then you're seeing it happen. Yeah. I have a big issue with the trust part because I'm like, but I'm not seeing anything. And I might not be paying attention. Well, if you keep saying that and you have a trust issue, you're going to attract what you're seeing. I'm not. Yeah. Listen to what you just said. I'm not seeing yeah. anything. Well, then that's why. Because <laughs> you're not seeing anything. Think about it. So yeah. the limiting belief factor that I had about the, in order for me to make money, I have to work, especially as an entrepreneur, you think, and I, I want opportunities. I want the next project because the next project means the next check, right? That's, right. That's, 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 the, that's the reality. But sometimes it, it slows, especially around this time of the year, the holiday season up to the new year, it's slower. So I experienced this last year where I remember feeling some slight anxiety about it. There was no reason to have anxiety because everything worked out beautifully. I've been busy all year. There's not a problem. My bank account continues to get money. There's not a problem. I'm able to pay all my bills. Everything is working for my, for my good and in my favor, right? But a year later, I'm still like, I'm starting to think about, well, what happened last year, this time this year? Mm -hmm. you know, is it going to be the same? And then Spirit said to me, you have a limiting belief. Who told you you have to work in order to make money? And who told you there is no money? <laughs> no. The scarcity mindset. Yeah. 
we have that's the limiting belief you have to break okay so i just wanted to share that with you with something that i'm growing i'm evolving i'm growing i'm constantly looking and assessing myself to see where there are gaps where are their beliefs that could hold me back as i go into 2024 i don't want to be held back by the scarcity mindset i any mm -hmm. lingering stuff left over i need to be set free from that because i want the abundance that's for me yeah okay so back to your question, what what was it? It was, um... <laughs> I think we started with the stepping out of the box yeah. for many different things. So um, the career saying, I'm not going to go back to a, a job, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to follow my dreams, which meant what do you, what do you do with health insurance? All these, you know, retirement, all these things that a job brings you, mm -hmm. you know, like, all right, getting past that and taking that risk. Um, separating from my children's father. Mm -hmm. I, I chose to leave the relationship and that was a big shift in rooting my children's life, you know, having them go back and forth to two homes, uh, believing I can make it on my own without a man or a husband, stepping outside the box around divorce itself. You know, I was raised in a Christian family, religion. You don't divorce. It's, it's not, you know, sh shunned upon. You know, stepping outside of that box and choosing myself, um, that that was something. That's um, big. Yeah, that's big. And then finding love <laughs> while we're doing divorce. <laughs> well, don't do that. You can't do that. What? This is my life. <laughs> Just imagine that, like, the idea, as we were talking about abundance and now we're talking about love, but, like, you were going through a divorce and you fell in love. And just magic of things happening at the same time in a way because you're opening up yourself for it to happen which I have another big issue just I have the abundance issue I have the love issue <laughs> but yes I did and I tried to resist it and I told this brother leave me alone I'm I'm focused on myself but he happened to be the right person for me at the right time in my life and has stood by me and supported me and have loved me and I'm so grateful and 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 I would say I've experienced what real love is. If this was my last love, it was the right love for right where I what I know about my life now, you know. And and love is is all is different for everybody how they define it, but it's the right fit. It's it, we we match, we match. And I think everyone should have that at least once in their life. I really do. And so I'm glad that I stepped outside the box when I worried about what would people think, how would it look. What if I, I cared about how the world looked at this? I would have missed out. Mm. It's going to make me yeah. emotional. <laughs> oh, it's so powerful, though. Yeah. It is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing mm -hmm. that. Because I think we are very much conditioned to those ideas of how things have to be. Yeah. Yeah. And into the thinking of what are other people going to think or whatever it is yeah. and opening up to receiving is harder than one thinks mm, receiving yes receiving i love that word yeah but that trust component is really important yeah. Trust. Yeah. so a big piece so i told you i i had a, a health scare and still navigating it and the medical professionals wanted to do surgery and i said no I'm not doing surgery. And um, here I am. How did you get people in your family? Because these are big things. Yeah. Right? 
These are like, especially health, if you think about that as that's a big thing. How do you get people to understand that you were making the right decision for you? Or maybe you didn't. Maybe Jews were like, fuck that. <laughs> I think that they just, I'm going to do what the hell I want to do. But I wasn't <laughs> passive about it. I did my work. I did what I was supposed to do. I talked to who I was supposed to do. I sought out natural doctors. I'm on a regimen. I'm on a protocol. I changed my eating. I wasn't just like, ah, I'm not doing it and I'm just going to right. <laughs> No, I took control of my life and my health. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's a big one. Um, mm -hmm. Taking control of your life. Yeah. Because that way people see. It's true. If you had just been like, this is happening to me and I'm not doing anything that's very different than I am. I am doing I am being proactive and looking for the things that work for me, giving the circumstances. There's a lot of peace found in that. So yes. It's just like when you're on a job, if, if you feel like you no longer no longer belong there, but you're not doing anything, you feel powerlessness. Yes. You feel disempowered. Yes. But when you feel like you're taking action and you're doing something like updating your resume, sitting three out a day or talking to people and having informational interviews, you feel more empowered. It goes with anything in life, right? Um, yeah. If it's in a relationship, things are not going well, but you seek out counseling. At least you're taking some steps to move forward, right? You know, so when we're not taking action, action is a very powerful thing. Creating is very necessary and powerful for us to feel empowered. Our mm. disempowerment is when we're not. So there was a moment in my health scare where I felt disempowered because I didn't know what to do. But then as I started talking to people and getting referrals and speaking to different people and trying different things, I found my power again. But there was a moment of disempowerment. It was, I knew what it was like to wake up in the morning and not feel joy. Imagine, you know what it's like to wake up feeling joy and suddenly you have to worry about your health. I know that feeling. You know, and I, I don't want to get emotional, but I know that feeling. And 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 to know now, to be able to experience peace is because I took action for myself. I made choices that I'm at peace with. That's another thing. Making choices you are at peace with is very important. Doing the same thing over and over again and getting the same results is not going to give you, it's not a choice of peace. <laughs> you just said one of my favorite quotes. You have no idea how many times I've told people I tend to live by that. Doing the same thing and expecting different results is the definition of insanity, according yeah. to Albert Einstein. Like, and we do that. I do that. I spin my wheels all the time. Like, here I am, six months after quitting, being like, I still don't know what I want to do. But Let me say something to that, if you, if I will. So what is six months and you to do? Nah. Why do we put so much pressure on ourselves and force ourselves? See, divinely, you want to be inspired. You want to get the next step and the next answer. And the ne you have been getting, you've been getting answers and direction. You wouldn't be doing this podcast if you have it. Yeah. Sometimes we're so hard on ourselves that we, we're not enjoying the now. Be in the mm. now. So what? It's been six months. Live your best life. Freedom. There's a taste of freedom for all of us if we just chill out and not keep thinking about what's next and be right here. You have no idea how much I needed Girl, to hear yeah. that. You have now I'm getting <laughs> emotional. Now I'm <laughs> yeah, have 
fun. Be here. You have no idea. We put so much emphasis on time. And I think as you were saying that, I kept thinking, yeah, because, you know, I'm I'm saying I haven't worked. <laughs> we're both like <laughs> wiping our eyes. Um, I was saying I'm not, I haven't worked in six months. And then immediately as you were talking, I heard again, like what you just had said, who says you need to work to make money? So the, so the beautiful thing is, you know, the things that you wrote down, and this goes for your audience too. Yeah. When all of these things start to show up, see, you know that something is not right when you're fighting within yourself about it, right? When, you, when you're not at peace or you feel stressed about something, the next question you have to ask yourself is, what limiting belief do I have about this? So I was feeling a little stressed about, all right, we're about to go into the end of the year, new year, projects, money. I'm thinking about, and I said, whoa, this is not, this doesn't match me. I want my vibration to be high. I have to do work on this. So mm. the, the lesson, you notice something stressing you out, don't push it under the carpet. You keep thinking about something, it's been six months mm-hmm. and I haven't worked. These stories that you tell yourself, you create all these narratives that aren't real. Then that means if you want to be well, you want to pause, sit down and do some meditative work around it and get to the root of why it's coming up for you. The root of it is there's a limiting belief that's contradicting the peace that you want. So we have to debunk and start unpacking that limiting belief. Once you start identifying it, so the limiting belief likely is based on what I heard you say, is that no time, you know, time is of the essence. Is that, that's one of the, is that correct? I think um, time has, is part, I think it's the, you know, the amount of times I've said, I'm doing this podcast. I love doing this podcast, but that's not going to make money. Like, I think my limiting belief is has to do with I have to have a job to right. make an Beautiful. Income. So it's good that you, you that you are aware of that. Now that you are aware of it, start to create a new story and narrative about what it is that you yeah. want. So what do you want? No oh God, I'm not sure. I I know many things I want. I don't know that I've put them into words yet um, because I really love this. This that I'm doing now, just talking to people, making content that I think resonates with people. That is something I've enjoyed doing forever. And you and I met at that event that I was moderating. And like that is something I love. Like the most, like these are the types of things I really enjoy. Mostly, I think, because... I really like knowing that whatever I'm doing, I'm helping people not feel alone. And I'm going to cry. <laughs> but you want to make some money doing what you love. But I want to make some money doing what I do. That is what the I energy yeah. that you need to put your attention on. The story that you create, the narrative, all the language that comes out of your mouth and what you think needs to be focused only on that. It can be yours. It could be yours. But the more we say, I'm not going to make, I can't make money. Yeah, you I don't know. know. This is going to take off, honey. This is going to take off. Yeah. Something, somebody's going to come from around the corner that you never expected. I want to invest in this. You don't know what the universe is capable of doing. Just don't put limits on the universe. Be very clear. You know, the, the good old Bible says, 
um, have a vision and write it down. For those who do not have a vision, perish. Make your vision around this podcast. <laughs> Wait, this is the first time I've cried while recording one of these. This is actually quite, quite, quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love for you to write. And then, you know, we, we talked about how I could support you and we could do this together because I believe in this. I believe in you. You can do this, but you got to change your thinking. Yeah. Your intention and your mindset where you want to go. Make this something big. Shop this around. You know, like create a reel. There's stuff that you could do if you want this to happen. Look, go get a damn yeah. loan to make it happen. And that's going to keep you cushiony for the next year so you can focus. There's plenty that you can do. The sky's the limit. Yeah, sky's the limit. If this is what you want, and then people are going to invite you to narrate and, and moderate. It's going to be natural because you're you're running a podcast. You're having these conversations. Yeah. People are going to want you to come to women groups. It's going to happen. And you're going to charge for those. Mm. I believe it. I yeah. see it. You got to. And everybody who's listening sees it for you, too. Well, thank you. This has been really great. Even if I started crying. Right. That's good. a good thing. Sometimes it's good that. to cry. Yeah. Um, I uh, okay. have one more question before we before we go, because you mentioned her two or three times. Who's her? Oprah. Uh -huh. You wanted to be. You were like, I want to be the next Oprah. Tell me what you mean. By, like, I understand what you mean by that, but like, Oprah is such a personality, and I love how you were like, who says that. It's the few and special one, one or two people out there that are Oprah. So tell me a little bit about that. I think because as a young black girl growing up watching another black woman on TV and, and her name, like she was the only one was splatted all over TV who had the type of credibility she had as a black, as a black woman, the only one at that time. So I saw her as a young woman growing up. I don't follow Oprah. I'm not, I don't even follow her on, on Instagram or, you know, like I don't, right. but I just know she's well respected. She broke down ceilings. She, you know, mm -hmm. she barriers and, and she did something and she lives her life on her own terms. She's never gotten married. Right. Think about it. she's done things the way she started her own network. She's always been outside the box. And here's one quote that I always love or a story I love to share that I've heard from her. She said, when I was building my television show, I never looked back at the competition. I stayed focused on what was for me. I always mm. think about that. When I start to compare myself, when I, should, when I start to say I should be here by now or look what they're doing, you look on social media, oh, look what they're, if I start that, somehow that story of Oprah comes in my head. And that told me, when you stay focused on yourself and your vision, you can be successful. And look at her today. Okay. Thank you for that. Thank you for thank you for spending an hour with me. This was fantastic. Oh, I had a blast. <laughs> thank you for listening to Should I Just Quit My Job. I really appreciate that you spent this time with me and my guest today. It would mean the world to me if you could share this episode or any episode that you loved with your friends. Please rate, review, and subscribe and help me spread the word. See you next time.